Bibles tonight, James chapter number 5. James chapter number 5. We're going to begin reading in verse number 7. And tonight's message is a word none of us love. And the text begins with these two words, one of them especially we don't like. The Bible says in verse number 7 of James chapter number 5, Be patient. Be patient. How many of you have ever had this moment where someone came to you and they said, you're just going to have to be patient. And as soon as they said that, it's just amazing what happens. Someone says, you're just going to have to be patient. As soon as they say that, I mean, all of a sudden, everything's better. <laughs> you're going to have to be patient. You're like, duh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I wish I'd have thought about that sooner. Now I feel better that you've told me to be patient. <laughs> The truth is, when we hear someone say, be patient, if you're like me, it makes me grumble inside just a little bit extra. But it really shouldn't, because waiting on the Lord is always a good thing, as much as we don't like it. And so when we come to this passage of Scripture, we're dealing with the church, and James is writing as the pastor of the church, and he's trying to help the people in the church, and he says, Folks, it's not always easy. As a matter of fact, it's very difficult. Sometimes we think about, oh, if we could live in the Bible times, it'd be a lot easier to be a Christian if we could live in Bible times. I'll have you know something. It is much easier in the year of our Lord, 2023, to live the Christian life than it was to be a Christian in the time of Christ in the early church. James was talking to people who were suffering constant persecution in an era in which there was martyrdom left and right, and the cause of Christ was being fought tooth and nail. And the church was having a difficult time, and things were hard. And So James gives the pep talk we all love, and he says, Be patient. <laughs> but he doesn't stop there, because he gives some good reason why we should be patient, how we should be patient, some things... And I believe will help us as we live life that absolutely, without question, always is going to require a certain amount of patience. Patience. We have to wait. And uh, waiting on the Lord is good. Let's read together. James chapter 5, beginning in verse number 7. The Bible says this, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another. Brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. We have, ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Now you see a recurring theme here. Verse number 7, the Bible says, be patient. Do you see that word? Then it says in the next sentence, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience. Verse number 8, 
Be ye also patient. Verse number 10. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Verse number 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. Patience, 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 patience. Hey, listen, you're just going to have to be patient. You feel better? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I hope we can see some things in this text that will help us. Patience. We do need to be patient. If I could tell you that I have some insight, a promise, a principle that will help you have a fruitful life and faithful friendships and happiness and eternity with Jesus, would you hear me out? Of course you would. And I'll just have you know the key to fruitful life and and eternity with Christ and faithful friendships and settled spirit is the ability and the practice of waiting patiently on the Lord. You see, it's our anxiousness to get what we want in our time as opposed to God's time that causes us to do really stupid things. I can say that word when the children are here. I get in trouble with children. We do things that make no sense. We do things that are wrong. We do things that get us in big trouble when we get impatient. Yet, when a person learns in their times of discomfort and disappointment, which happen often in life, to know that if I wait on the Lord, it's going to be okay as a person that has hope and happiness and contentment, even when things aren't going right. Patience. Waiting on the Lord is good. Knowing that waiting on the Lord produces good things is also something that will give you great peace in your heart. And patience is a key to being able to live a happy, productive life and spend eternity with Jesus. Patience. Patience. You just need to be patient. You feel better yet? <laughs> There's some things in this text that I want you to see and things I hope you'll learn to be patient about. Number one, we need to be patient in the process. We need to be patient in the process. I think this is beautiful, what happens here in the text. Verse number 7, the Bible says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. I'll tell you, at this moment, the church had heard the message that Jesus is coming in. And I'll just tell you, they couldn't talk about anything else. They couldn't think about anything else. And they said, we want Jesus to come right now. And I meet lots of people on life's way that are eagerly anticipating the coming of Christ, and that's okay. And I'll tell you, Jesus could come back in a moment. And it's a sweet thought to know that in one moment, all the grief and pain that the world is experiencing and all the troubles we face can be taken away because Jesus is coming again. We'll be ushered into his presence, and there shall we ever be with the Lord. It's a good thing to think about the coming of Christ. I like it. But folks, I want you to know something. God has not returned yet. 
And he could come at any moment, and that'll be good with me. His sweet timing is perfect. But until he comes, guess what? We've got to wait. Until he comes, we've got to be patient for the coming of the Lord. And we've got to have patience in the process. You see, the coming of the Lord was like the coming of the harvest in the mind. The coming of the Lord was the day that you pick the fresh ear of sweet corn out of the garden and you get to sink your teeth into it. Hallelujah. How many of you felt the sunshine today? I saw that orange-looking ball in the sky. I was like, what is that? You felt the sun today and you're like, my, Lance. How many of you felt the sun today and you thought about planting something? Would you raise your hand? Uh, that's what God does for us. But we've got to have patience in the process. Let me see what, show you what the story says. Now, James says, Jesus is coming again. That's good. But we've got to trust the process and trust and wait and be patient on the Lord until he comes. And so the scripture says it like this. It says in verse 7, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. Now, the husbandman is the person that tends to the garden, that tends to the crops, tends to the field. The husbandman. The Bible says, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. And the picture that James wants the church to see here, he says, now listen, we've got to trust the process. What does a husbandman do? A husbandman buys the seed. A husbandman tills the ground. A husbandman plants the seed. A husbandman waits on the early rain, the first rain that comes and gets things good and soaked and the seed begins to germinate and the husbandman waits for it to grow and grow and he waits for the lighter rain, a little bit of rain at the end so it fills out and it comes to its full potential. And at the end of the long process, the product is the precious fruit. It's a sunshiny day today. Guess what I did? I went out in the yard. I have got such a hankering for a fresh, red, ripe tomato mm, on the vine. Picked off and cut and consumed. I want it bad. So guess what I did today? I went to Farm Bureau. I got me some tomato seeds. I put one tomato seed in the ground. I can't wait till tomorrow. Because tomorrow when I get up, I'm going out there and I'm going to pick me a ripe red tomato. Woohoo! What? It don't work that way? But I want it now. And God's saying, now listen, boys and girls. You're going to have to have faith in the process. You don't plant a tomato seed today and eat tomatoes tomorrow. The husbandman understands the precious fruit. The husbandman prays and waits on the early rain. The husbandman hoes the weeds. The husbandman keeps the groundhogs out. The husbandman takes care and he keeps the bugs off. The husbandman 
thins the blooms. The husbandman goes through the whole process. And when the process is almost over, guess what the husbandman gets to do? He gets to eat the precious fruit. That's how God designed it. I mean, I, sometimes I think the Jack and the Beanstalk method is better, but God's smarter than me. I want to drop the seed and it go. But God has a different way. And I hate to tell you this, but God's way is better than mine. And God's way is better than yours. And we get in these situations in our lives where we want a fix right now. But God says, you're going to learn something in the process. And God says, I'm going to help you through the troubles. I'm going to prove myself in the night. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to bless you. Have patience in the process. The precious fruit will come. But I'm going to help you all along the way. You see, boy, it would be good for the Lord to come today and he could, he might. It would be good to get relief from that burden that's been weighing you down for so long today, and it could happen. But if it doesn't, that does not mean God doesn't love you. If it doesn't, that does not mean that God's not there. If it doesn't, it doesn't mean that God no longer cares. It just simply means that God's not ready for the fruit to be harvested, and you should wait. Waiting's not bad. How many of you love the end of the process when you eat the tomato? It's pretty sweet, isn't it? If you're not tomato eaters, how about the sweet corn? I like that too. And green beans, hallelujah. It's good. The sun's been shining today. I'm thinking about gardens. I like the end. But you don't get the end without the beginning and the process. And folks, life is a process. And we need to be patient in the process because God's at work. And waiting on God is good. Hey, listen, you're just going to have to be patient. Be patient in the process, number one. Number two, be patient with people. I think it's fascinating how God brings this up right in the middle of it. How many of you... Uh, have these moments. Someone came up to you and said, you know, you're just going to be patient. And the first thing you want to do is slap that person. Uh, yeah. How many someone comes to you, you're just going to be patient. And you don't want to be patient. You want to growl and gripe and murmur and complain. You know what happens when we're having to wait on stuff? We're just wonderful. It's just we're so sweet. How many of you like to go out to eat? I'm getting the longer, the more I go out to eat, the more I don't like to go out to eat. I still like to go out to eat, but don't get me wrong. You know, it takes a long time to go out to eat, doesn't it? It's interesting to me that we go and, let's go to Cracker Barrel. You go and you have to wait on the drive to get there. Then you get there, you put your name in the hat, and you have to wait before you go eat. Then you get a table and you've got to wait on someone to come and get your drink order and bring you biscuits if you're lucky. With blackberry jelly. And uh, you have to wait to take your order. You have to wait on your food. After you finish eating, you've got to wait on your ticket. 
And then you have to walk out of the building, walk out of the, the dining room, and you have to go and wait in line to pay. And they have the gall to call that person that brings your drinks and your food and take your order. They call them the waiter. I, from now on, I'm the waiter. <laughs> Who's waiting? I'm waiting. You ever get impatient waiting? <laughs> sure. Have you ever been waiting at a restaurant and you let it slip and you bit the waiter? <laughs> I'm calling them servers. You bit the server. Or you got tired, you got impatient waiting and you bit somebody that's with you. I'm not talking literally, I'm talking figuratively. You know what happens when we're having to wait? When we have to be patient, often we grow impatient with other people. And so the text has something to deal with that. We need to be careful. The Bible says in verse 8, Be also patient. Establish your hearts. We've got to get to the place where we put ourselves, our emotions, on solid ground. Where when things aren't going our way, we know God is working things together for good. We establish our hearts. When things aren't going exactly the way we're going, we know that we can trust God. We can trust God's word. When things aren't going our way, we know that even when we're not getting our way, we need to act like a child of the Most High God. Establish your hearts. You need to just get yourself on some solid ground that says, I am going to trust in God. And every time you slip off of it, you find your way as quickly as possible back through repentance and faith to a place of established heart. The Bible says, be also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Rest, it's going to be okay. Jesus is coming again. And Jesus makes all things good. Verse 9, here it is. Grudge not one against another. What's that have to do with waiting? I thought we were talking about patience. Now you're talking about grudging. I'm telling you, they go together. Because when you and I are forced to wait, we are bad to grudge one another. We're bad to get upset with other people. Things aren't going our way, we want to blame somebody. Have you ever met somebody? They can't live unless they've found somebody to blame. The Bible says, grudge not one against another. When you're tempted to be upset and aggravated and angry with other people all the time because you're uncomfortable, you, my friend, are the problem. And the Bible says we are to grudge not one against another, brethren. The Bible says, lest ye be condemned. Lest ye be condemned. And yet you don't want to be wrong. In the waiting process, guess what? You need to be patient with people. And you need to determine with God's help, I'm going to land on the right side of the waiting. Grudge not one another. Lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. God's going to judge you for your actions. So what's he want us to know? Be patient with people. When you're having to wait, Be patient with people. Number one, be patient in the process. Number two, be patient with people. Number three, be patient like the prophets. Now, look what the scripture says in verse number 10. Take my brethren, the prophets. Take, for example, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Now, the thing we... 
James wants us to think about is what did the prophets have to deal with? We talk about men like Jeremiah, and sometimes I close my eyes and think about what it would look like to be a prophet like Jeremiah. And when I hear the name Jeremiah, and I meet children named Jeremiah, I think, well, that's very appropriate. Jeremiah, what a mighty man of God. Do you know what Jeremiah's nickname through the Scripture is? The weeping prophet. You know why? Because all of Jeremiah's ministry was full of great sorrow. He, he dealt with great trouble. It's believed that Jeremiah, in all of his ministry, saw no fruit. <laughs> and he writes a book of the Bible called Lamentations. It literally means crying, lamenting. But... Jeremiah also testifies the grace of God, the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God. And I can guarantee you this, since the moment that Jeremiah breathed his last breath of air on this planet, he's been in the presence of the Lord. And he would testify that serving God and waiting on the Lord, it did involve some suffering and some patience, but huh, he can sing the song, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Isaiah, a similar story. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Be patient like the prophets. God says, I want to remind you. Suffering affliction in this life and the patience that is required for this life is it's not all bad. As a matter of fact, God has the great, amazing ability to make it good. He has a great ability to make it good. I don't know if you can imagine if you were writing a message on patience or you were going to speak the truth about patience, you'd talk about patience and you'd use words like patience and waiting and patience and suffering and enduring. How many of you would write something about that and include the word happy? How many of you think patience and happy? They go together, right? You're going to have to be patient. Immediately you're like, <laughs> I'm happy all of a sudden. We don't, but I'll tell you this. God does. And God is able to make men and women who put their trust in him happy even when they're being forced by their circumstances to be patient. Look what the next verse says in verse number 11. I love it. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You think about me with a minute. We know that sowing the seed and preparing the soil and growing the garden, it requires a lot of work. I grew up growing a lot of tobacco. And I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. But it was bitter and hard at times. The end was, end was positive. It was something that was helpful. It was something that provided We've grown the garden. We, we've gone through the process. We've gone through the process. And the seed is sown and the work is done. And the waiting and the waiting and the waiting. And finally we get to eat what 
we've worked for. And the Bible says we, uh, when we think about it, we count them happy which endure. You wait and you do and you wait and you serve and you wait and you trust and you wait. and But when you get the precious fruit, we count it happy. It's good, isn't it? It's good. I remember playing football. I'm thankful for the effects of playing football. But I hated two-a-days. At the end of the season... At the end of the season, you look back and you're like, man, that was great. But when you're sitting down on an August morning in wet, dew-covered grass, stretching out and getting ready to get your guts run out by a coach that's hollering, don't worry, boys, you pass out before you die. <laughs> your friends are throwing up and dropping like flies. You think, this is awful. But at the end of the season, you sit back and you're like, man, that was great. <laughs> man, that was great. But the Bible says, we count them happy which endure. I tell you, you have a choice. You can be a sinful, faithless, rotten waiter. And you'll never have precious fruit to be thankful for or you can wait patiently on the Lord you can trust him you can trust his timing you can when things are tough you can draw strength from God and his promise that he's putting things together and he's got a plan and he loves you and at the end of the enduring you can get the great privilege of looking back and saying, man, that was good. Thank you, Lord. That's why the Bible says, and we say it so often, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And that's why the Bible says something like this. But they that wait upon the Lord they shall renew their strength. Amen. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. <laughs> Patient. What do we do? You say, it's easy. And I'm excited about the day when I can look back and say, wow, that's great. But truth of the matter is, preacher, I just put my seed in the ground yesterday. And the season that I'm looking at is long. You know what you're going to find? Every day, God's grace is sufficient. And waiting on the Lord is good. Yeah, you know what? You're just going to have to be patient. And if you'll wait on God, you'll find out that's a sweet thing. You can trust Him. Hey, listen, be patient. God's faithful. Aren't you glad? Let's pray.